welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're worshiping online with us or whether you're here in the building, we just want to welcome you. Would you stand as we begin to worship the Lord today? How many of you have a testimony? Has God done something for anyone in this room today? Hallelujah. Then let's lift up a shout of praise to Him as we worship. Sing it. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. Jesus Christ the righteous, 
can be praising the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a great praise. Let him know how much we appreciate this life he gave us today. Can we give him a big hand clap, brothers and sisters? Hallelujah, Jesus. He's worthy, brothers and sisters. Worthy of our praise. And if we're not dead, then we're alive. I remember the psalmist saying, only the dead don't praise the Lord. So we need to let God know that we're alive. (laughs) And we appreciate it. Like David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise will be continuously in my mouth. Is that you? That should be our testimony. I'd like to read to you today a psalm that has helped me tremendously the last few weeks, months, my family and I. It's from Psalm 46. For the choir director, it says, A song of the descendants of Korah to be sung by soprano voices. I don't, I'm not going to sing. And I, I'm not a soprano. But I'm going to read to you. For This is for all of us. Amen. God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when the earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed from the very break of day. God will protect it. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. That's something we all need to do. Just let God be God. And just trust him. Amen. Let's go before our wonderful, awesome God in prayer at this time. Can we bow our heads in reverence, please? Mm, dear God, our wonderful Father, thank you, dear God, for this day you blessed us with. You didn't have to do it, oh God, but you watched over us all night. You gave your angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. They bore us up in their hands, even while we slept. You have kept a safe, dear God, from dangers seen and unseen alike. And we just want to say thank you, dear Father. Thank you for shielding us. Thank you for covering us with your feathers. For under your wings, your word says we can trust. Lord, we love you. If there's a people anywhere in this world, we here at Christ the Cornerstone, we love you. Christ, we adore thee. We want to give you all the honor, all the glory, and every thought, word, and deed that comes from our essence. Father, lead us and guide us. Show us your will for us in this world. Order our steps according to your word, your will, and your good pleasure. We want to please you, O God, not ourselves. But help us, Lord, because sometimes it's not easy to do. Help us to be like Jesus so that when people see us, they will feel the glory and the radiance of his presence, not ours. Father God, forgive us of all our sins. The ones that we know we did and the ones that we're not even aware of. Sins of omission, especially. Things that we should have done that we didn't do. Don't let us pass by that poor person on the corner asking just for a cup of coffee. 
and we just drive by and pay them no attention. Let us not forget those in the hospitals, those in the prisons, those at home who just want somebody to come by and hold their hand and say a prayer. Keep us mindful of that, dear God. There's a hurting world out here, and they need us. Father God, we ask that you bless all of this wonderful nation called America. Father God, help us to get along, to love one another, to realize that with you, with God as our Father, brothers and sisters, all are we. Lord, one day we'll all be together in heaven with you. It'd be nice if we got to know each other down here on earth first and to love one another. Help us to do that, dear God. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you bless each and every person that is listening to our voices today as we praise God, as we lift up you know, the name of Jesus. We ask, dear God, that you bless those who are at home and those that are here. Anoint them with a special anointing, dear God, of praise and worship and thanksgiving for all that you've done and all that we know you're going to do for us, dear God, according to your word. Lord, we just ask that you will continue to bless the rest of our week. And Lord, we're depending on you. We're not ashamed to say, in God we trust. In your mighty matchless name we pray, amen. Church, would you say amen? And amen. And amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Hey, CTC family. I'm Debbie, and here's this week's news. During the month of April, we have been collecting new undergarments to be delivered to Sunday Breakfast Mission in Wilmington. It is an opportunity for us to help meet a need for the homeless that is often neglected. This is the final week of collection. If you would like to drop off new undergarments for men, women, or children of all sizes, we ask that you bring those by and put them in the truck in the mall area no later than this Friday. Father's Day weekend is coming up June 19th and 20th, and we have a full weekend of activities. We are very excited to have our car show back this year. In addition to that, we are inviting families to come out Saturday morning at 8 a.m. for a bike ride on the C&D Canal Trail. The ride begins at Delaware City near Kathy's Crab House. You decide how far you want to ride. We are also looking for a hospitality team to distribute fruit and water to people along the trail. No need to sign up for the event, but if you would like to be on the hospitality team, please call the church office. Life groups are a primary means of pastoral care at CTC. With the onset of COVID, many of our groups have had to alter their plans. Still others are continuing to meet, some virtually and some in person. If you are not currently a part of a group, we have groups for all types of interests from Bible study to dinner fellowship. You can find out more by going to our website and clicking on life groups at the top of the page. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus Office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus Office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you are worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Good morning. Aren't you glad when they said come into the house of the Lord? What better place to be? Happy to be in the presence of God and in our brothers 
and sisters fellowshipping, worshiping the Lord. You know, our, one of our chief goals is to always connect with those that we do ministry with. So each of you will find on your table or in your chair a connect card. We ask that you fill that card out for everyone that's with you at your table or seated next to you if your family in your chairs. On that connect card, you also have a place where you can write prayer requests. The important thing about prayer requests is that we always, always pray one for the other, corporately and confidentially, so you can know with certain assurance that your prayer concerns are being taken to the Lord on your behalf. If you're worshiping with us online, there is a Connect tab. So we ask that you click that tab and complete the information requested. If you're new here and you're in this room, after service is over, please stop at the Welcome Center, which is found out the doors to your left, where a trained service host or one of the members of our pastoral staff will meet you and offer you a small welcome gift. If you're new here and you're online, please connect please click the welcome tab and one of our pastors will be sure to reach out to you after this service is over during the week. We're going to now transition to a time of giving. And what I like most, and I know you've heard this before, most about giving back to God is that God counts on us to be his hands and feet on this earth. And he depends on us to be faithful stewards of the resources that he has so freely given to us. So toward that end, we give back to God a portion of what he's given to us. And so I'm going to ask now that you stand as we pray over the offering. And if you are online, there is a a give tab that you can use to make a one-time or recurring donation to support the ministry of this church. So can we pray, please? Dear Heavenly, Holy, Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. Even though it's raining now, that's just a reminder from you that you need to water the flowers and the land that you have given us. But behind that rain, Lord, we can see the sun peeking through the clouds. And that's just such a precious, gentle reminder that you are always there through every situation. So, Father God, we come now to you offering gifts. It's an offering that's freely given generously given to support the work of your kingdom lord your kingdom here on earth so we ask father that you bless the gift that it be used to touch people and some of them who may not even know you father but we ask that with the touch that they feel your presence and that they open their eyes and their hearts so that they may be drawn to you through salvation so we ask Lord now that you bless the gift 
and that you bless the giver. In Jesus' name we pray. And can we all say amen. Please remain standing as we continue in worship.
because you are alive, we are alive. Lord, you give us hope. Lord, life can seem hopeless sometimes. But God, you bring hope into places where we don't think it exists. So Lord, as we worship you today, we pray that that hope would rise in us because you are alive in us. That same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is within us, is resident within us. And he's inviting us this morning to come to the fountain, to come and sit at his feet, to come and worship him, to come and receive from him, to come and be a God.
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters. I'm so glad I'm not the same as I used to be. Praise God. Aren't you? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There were new creations in Christ Jesus. Thank you, praise group. Wonderful, wonderful words and wonderful singing. We're so blessed to have them here to usher us into the presence of God who just loves our music. Now let's go to the Lord humbly, gratefully, faithfully in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to once again say thank you. Thank you, dear God, for the opportunity to hear your word preached. Lord, we love your statutes. We love your laws. We bind them around our neck. Order our steps, dear God, with your words. Lord, we depend on you to show us what to do, where to go, what to say. And we thank you that you've given us this precious, precious book of the word of God to show us the way so that we can hear what you would have us to do. And how can we know what to do without a preacher? Dear God, we thank you today that we got a wonderful preacher amongst us, our own Pastor Sharon, all the way down from Ellesmere campus. Lord, she is so anointed. Already, she has in her what she needs to bring this word mightily to us. But God, we're asking for our extra precious anointing upon her right now. Fill her to overflowing, dear God, with the power of the Holy Spirit. What what our wonderful praise group just told us that Paul called resurrection power, the same power that rose Christ from the grave. Let it raise up in Pastor Sharon, the mighty word of God, so that it will permeate our hearts. Open the windows of our understanding, dear God, the eyes of our heart. We want to know Jesus. Father God, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Now it's time to hear what thus saith the Lord. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Vaughn. You're welcome. Before Sharon comes uh, and preaches, this is Miss Tony, and uh, she's ready to take the children to their classes. So good to see so many children uh, and families coming back to worship with us. So during this... Uh, next little video, we've got time for the children to go and miss Tony. Thank you, Tony. Okay. The Gospels tell us a lot about the character of Jesus through its descriptive terms. We see him as teacher, as healer, redeemer, savior, messiah. But the busyness of life and the cares of this world threaten to crowd all that out and make it seem like just a huge jumbled mess. When we truly invite Jesus to guide our lives and our thoughts, he'll show us who he really is. Mark my words. Good morning, everyone. I want to share with you a story. I shared this last week at the Ellesmere campus. Something that happened to me last Friday at a graveside service that I was officiating. I had gotten to the cemetery, and it was not a pretty day. 
It was breezy. It was a little bit on the chilly side. And as people began to gather for the service, a light rain started to fall. So I'm standing there and I'm waiting for the service to begin. I'm waiting for a cue from the family that for, for me to start the service. As I was standing there, there were two older ladies right next to me. I mean, just literally two feet away from me. And I'm listening to them talking rather loudly with one another. And one of the ladies says to the other, it's cold out here. God, I hope the preacher isn't long-winded. So I look at them. And unable to resist, I kind of stepped over a couple feet and I said, she's not. I know her really well. And even though I was wearing a black suit and I had on a clerical collar, those ladies did not have a clue that I was the pastor and that I was about to do this service. All they wanted to do was get in out of the cold and wet. They had no idea who I was. They didn't care who I was. Well, according to the Gospel of Mark that we've been studying, Jesus didn't have that issue. Even though there were no newspapers publishing Jesus' picture, When people saw him, they knew who he was. Jesus' reputation preceded him, and people couldn't get enough of him. Every time he spoke, the crowds kept gathering. Nobody asked if he was going to be long-winded, because people began to hang on his every word. It was either because he had a message for them, or because they were trying to, to find something to pick apart. But at any rate, they listened to every word. There was something truly amazing about this Jesus, and people wanted to be filled and receive the benefit of whatever it was. And so they came. They came to see for themselves this Jesus who is awesome, this Jesus who is healer, this Jesus whom we've discussed these past two weeks, who had authority even over sickness and demons. That authority and power point to the very core of who Jesus is. Even people from outside Jesus' immediate area found themselves drawn to him. People from outside of Palestine, where where he was doing most of his preaching, had heard about Jesus. And how people respond to hearing about Jesus is one of the major themes in Mark's gospel. Jesus was attracting great crowds, but he didn't come to be popular because that would not have been in agreement with his true purpose. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says he did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. That verse not only reveals the motive of Jesus' ministry, but the basis of our salvation. A ransom is a price that's paid to release a slave or a captive. And Jesus paid the ransom for us because we could not pay it for ourselves. His death released all of us, everyone who believes in him, from the devastating consequences of our sin. He sets us free from slavery To all kinds of things, slavery to addiction, slavery to self-hatred, slavery to destructive beliefs. The disciples thought that Jesus' life and power would save them from Rome. And Jesus 
though, through his death and resurrection, saved us from that bigger thing. He saved us from sin, which is an even greater slavery than that of the Roman government. And so whenever Jesus would speak, these great crowds of people gathered, and many would push so hard that they would get right up close to Jesus, just wanting to touch him. And in many cases, you know, this crowding was for selfish reasons. They needed something. They needed a healing. They needed peace. And selfish or not, Jesus did that for them. Jesus healed them. Jesus cast out their demons. Jesus cared for them. And even today, I think we still have that tendency to crowd Jesus. Because as a healer and a miracle worker, Jesus is still quite popular. You know, we call on Jesus when we need something. But a healer, a miracle worker, and a savior, those are all comfortable views for us to to put Jesus in. They're comfortable boxes for us to fit Jesus in. But what about the tough stuff? What about the lordship of Jesus? What about making Jesus the Lord over our everything? Our main scripture today comes from Mark chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. And it says this, Jesus went out to the lake with his disciples, and a large crowd followed them. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, from east of the Jordan River, and even from as far north as Tyre and Sidon. The news about his miracles had spread far and wide, and vast numbers of people came to see him. Jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. He had healed many people that day, so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. And whenever those possessed by evil spirits caught sight of him, the spirits would throw them to the ground in front of him, shrieking, You are the Son of God! But Jesus sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was. I think it's fascinating that even evil recognizes the power of this person, Jesus, and declares him to be the Son of God. The evil spirits knew Jesus was the Son of God, but it didn't affect them. They they had no intention of following him. The demonic spirits know who Jesus is, and he ordered them to silence the knowledge of someone's identity was thought to give, give them power over that person. Many people followed Jesus, but they didn't understand what was really going on. They didn't understand his true purpose for coming. People came for miracles. They came to hear his teaching. They were curious about this guy, but they didn't understand the scope of what was really happening. They didn't grasp the truth of the cross. And today, crowds still follow Jesus. They come for the same variety of reasons. But what is our primary reason for following Jesus? What's your reason for following Jesus? You know, knowing about Jesus, or even believing that Jesus is God's son, is a start. But we're asked to go a little bit further. We're asked to follow him and to obey him. 
Unlike the demons, we are asked to respond to that knowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. In James chapter 2, verse 17, it says, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. That verse might seem confusing because it clearly tells us in Scripture that good deeds don't earn us salvation. But what James is saying is that it's not enough to be like the evil spirits and just know who Jesus is. Our faith in Christ results in something. It results in a change in our lives. And it results in us doing the things that Christ asks us to do. Loving service is not a substitute for faith in Christ, but what it is is a verification of one's faith in Christ. You can't be saved by good deeds instead of faith, but faith has to be more than just intellectual. It has to be where the rubber meets the road. It has to be what we do with our lives now because of our faith in Jesus, because of our knowledge of who Jesus is, because of the truth that Jesus is God's son. The demons intellectually know who Jesus is, but they don't obey him. They don't follow him. True faith involves making a commitment of one's whole self to God. A decision, a genuine decision to follow God is a decision of total surrender. When God offered God's son for our redemption, God revealed how valuable we are. And that gift of salvation was an act of total surrender by Christ. Are we willing to change the way we live and offer our surrender in return? Are we prepared to surrender our life for God's purposes? Jesus warned the evil spirits not to reveal who he was because he didn't want to reinforce the popular misconception. You know, the crowds were expecting a political leader, a military leader, who would free them from Rome's control. And they thought that the Messiah predicted by the Old Testament prophets would be that kind of man. But Jesus wanted to teach the people about the kind of Messiah he really was. One who was far different from any of their expectations. Because Christ's kingdom is not like the kingdoms of this world. Christ's kingdom begins with the overthrow of sin in people's hearts, not the overthrow of governments. And the overthrow of sin in people's hearts is what results in change, in real change. God is often referred to in the Old Testament as being a jealous God. And that passionate description of God comes out of God's deep love for us. It's like the love in a marriage covenant. God is totally committed to us and desires our commitment in return. God doesn't want to share our allegiance with anyone or anything else. God made that deal with the Israelites when Moses was given the Ten Commandments etched in stone. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything. And you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. 
And again, these demons tried to control Jesus and strip him of his power because they believed that calling a person by his true name gave them mastery over him. But Jesus didn't allow that. He didn't allow them to continue their useless babbling. He rebuked them and he rendered the demons powerless and kept them from misusing his name. We're quick to call out Jesus' name when we need something. We come to Jesus and we beg him by name to heal us or to do, give us what we think we need. And when we get what we want, we might praise God and offer thanks. But even when we come to him for our own selfish reasons, even when we crowd him, he still, just as he did, In this scripture, he still heals our hurts and casts out our demons. I know I call on the name of Jesus when I need something. Over the past several weeks, many people, including myself, were praying for justice to be done in the trial of former officer Derek Chauvin. I was sitting in the hospital. My husband was having hernia surgery. And on the uh, screen in the surgical waiting room, I was watching the opening arguments of that trial. And this past week, following the verdict, our bishop sent out a letter to all all the clergy in, in our conference reminding us that although on the surface the outcome of the trial seems to be the start of a positive change, there are still hurts to be healed and demons to be cast away. And you know what? In order to do that, Jesus needs us. Jesus needs our hands and our feet and our voices and especially our hearts to keep our church and our world moving forward. The bishop's letter reads in part, pray for peace and justice for all people. Provide a patient, supportive, loving community for those who have been wounded and traumatized by hate. This is not fully a moment of jubilation for all, but more a sigh of relief and deep exhaustion. Take responsibility to do the things you can personally do that will help make positive changes in our world. Restorative justice is a practice, a way of living, and not a verdict in one particular trial. The church can teach and model this. Those are the words of our bishop, but I add this sentiment, that the teaching and modeling of these things are not just the responsibility of the church, but they're the call of each and every one of us as children of the same creator God. Thank you. Thanks. Our scripture today shows that Jesus cares for the crowd, but I want something more. I'm not content just to get some of my needs met. I'm not content to just meet with Jesus on a Sunday morning or a Saturday evening and feel good inside when I leave the place of worship. I want Christ's power flowing through me for the entire week. I want Christ's power to do God's will and to fulfill God's calling on my entire life, and I want him to show me how to to do that for others. And it begins with recognizing Jesus for who he truly is. It begins with answering the question, who is Jesus to me? Is Jesus the Son of God? 
Is Jesus my Lord? If I agree with the scripture, including that affirmation from the spirit world, then I need to be prepared to let Jesus be the Lord of my life. A commitment to surrender completely to God's purposes is easy to say, but it's hard to do. Jesus made this clear to his disciples. He never sugarcoated the harsh reality that they would encounter or the impact that it might have on their lives. He didn't shy away from difficult conversations. That was obvious in his interactions with Peter when he he said to Peter, you're going to deny me. Before the cock crows, you're going to deny that you even know me. And through people like Peter, we learn the cost of total surrender to Jesus. And we learn that it can sometimes feel like it's too much to bear. But Jesus invites us to answer his call, his invitation, to commit ourselves to his will, to surrender. And through our response, may others know the benefits of total surrender far outweigh the cost. Because at no time in this life or the next will we ever be away from the one who is totally committed in love to us. Our lives have to be transformed. Our hearts must be changed. And we must be committed to being Jesus' presence in the world, even when it's not popular. So my challenge to you is to answer that call. Answer the call of Jesus. Respond to his invitation. Commit yourselves to his will. Jesus does care for us all, but he only calls a few. He calls those who are truly open to hearing his call. He calls the committed hearts. Jesus' call to us is to help others recognize him for who he truly is, the Son of God. And it's only when every tongue is ready to confess that truth that God's will will be done. The singers sang earlier, you know, if I'm still living, you're not done. God isn't done and Jesus is still on the throne. And he will only be done when every tongue is ready to confess that truth. That Jesus is the Son of God. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for, for sending your Son that we might know eternal life. Lord, we offer ourselves to you that we might be transformed. Enter into our hearts this day. Lord, maybe, there may be somebody here that has never offered themselves to you. Lord, I pray that that will happen on this very day, that that someone in this room will surrender their life to you. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for the call that you have placed on my heart, and I ask you for the strength to continue to proclaim your word to others. Lord, I thank you for for the gift of this church and this loving family that you see before you on this day. Lord, just continue to bless our ministries and lead us in the direction that you would have us go. Lord, all these things I offer you 
in the name of your precious son, your son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Son of God. Amen. Thank you. Sometimes we need to be reminded of things like that because I know for me it's easy to forget. Because if you saw the social media video that, that I had the privilege of doing earlier this week, in the midst of sometimes life circumstances, we forget how awesome God is. Because we find ourselves in yet another difficult circumstance. But he is the one who was, who is, and is to come, and evermore will be. Amen? Would you stand with us this morning? We're going to continue to spend a few minutes in worship this morning. And the front area is open for prayer. If you want to come and just kneel and pray. I don't know who's in this room. Maybe you don't know Jesus as the Son of God. Maybe you need to make him the Lord of your life today. There's some folks that are here that can pray with you, that can encourage you. If you just want to pray for healing, if you want to pray for restoration, if you want to pray for deliverance, whatever, God is here and he is able. Amen. Let's worship him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, holy, holy is He. Sing a new song. Sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Sing that again. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, holy, holy is He. Sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Come on, let's sit up, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Only wise King, 
Holy, holy 